0: The next level. How all occasions do inform against me and spur my go revenge. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or nothing
1: worth. If I must strike you, dead I will.
0: A hit! A very powerful hit. Oh, proud death, what feast is toward in thine eternal cells? Sweet Oblivion, open your eyes! final chapter of book one of still afraid of the dark from the next level podcast network from dc prime time and obviously this show and also the caffeine crew cast of pods i am one of your hosts rob martin joining me as always my co-host ben beck uh
1: from the we still af- uh, well this is still afraid of the dark so not just from still afraid of the dark but also from the We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited podcast and the Spotlight podcast as well. So, but yeah, final chapter. I'm uh, excited and sad at the same time.
0: Yeah, this was a really, really fun, fun show to do this year. And we've already 100% said this is definitely coming back next year. We we've already got it mapped. We have half, of, more than half of this the season for next year uh, completely mapped out. Uh, but it's it's... It's funny though too because like you and I are just doing this one together to close this year out because we figured it was best for just you and I uh, on this one because like I said it was funny because uh, making a new show you never know what it's going to be or how it's going to evolve what it's going to be like any of those pieces until you actually do it I I was really pleasantly surprised minus our first chapter audio glitches that we had but yeah uh, this was this was a really really fun show to do um, this was easily I think my favorite favorite podcast I've done so.
1: I I agree. This has been a lot of fun just revisiting a lot of these movies, not just podcasting with you, which is always a good time, but, you know, um, some of the guests that we've brought on, you know, from your wife, Kat, uh, husband and wife, Damon and Liz, our friend Jada, our friends, Aaron and TJ, like we've had some great guests along the way while this one is just you and I, but you know, getting the opportunity to revisit all of these, these movies that we've talked about, uh, tasting these drinks that you've come up with. It's, it's been a great combination that you've, right. We didn't know what to expect, but everything worked and worked well. And it's, it's just been a blast.
0: Uh, the only other thing I would say is it's uh, relatively expensive to make and come up with <laughs> yeah. nine nine signature cocktails. Uh, that that was a bit of a challenge, I will say. That was a that was a really difficult challenge to come up with. Uh, there was one or two of them I really kind of feel like uh, I was I was bummed that I, I I cheaped out on the Ghostbusters one. As good as After Cooler was, uh, it wasn't one of my own drinks, so it's kind of like. Mm. Next year, though, next but year. But that we'll, was the we'll, only
1: one that wasn't one of your was, own.
0: That was the, that was the only one. But I, I know we're going to give ourselves a lot more time next year. This this time it was a little tricky because, you know, we still obviously, you know, if people know us from any other shows, they know that you and I, as we even mentioned at the top of this, uh, we do a lot of podcasts. We we we're involved in a lot. And October was tricky for us. It was. September and October was really intense because of this show. Because we were doing this, it had to meet a goal to be out there each and every week. Um, you know, especially because the way we did it, we were originally planning on starting much earlier, uh, which did not work out. We had a couple delays here and there, uh, but we still managed to hit hit every episode and get them out relatively on time. Um, if it didn't drop on a Thursday, it dropped a Friday. You know, I know there's delays sometimes with some of the videos because there's a lot more involved in editing those. Versus, it is doing uh, audio editing. So, uh, but the last couple of drink videos will all be up by Halloween night. Um, like I said, they they are all shot. So, uh, but like I said, we really hope you enjoy them. But because we're talking about drinks, we have to talk about not only what the name of this chapter is. But the drink from this chapter, uh, and we call this one the tale of the folks next door or the people next door. I can't remember what we we officially dubbed it, but I think I, it was. The, the. I think
1: people next door was what we
0: had. originally. Oh, it. sorry. It was the, the tale of the next door neighbors.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Because uh, we, we shot the video days ago and um, actually, no, it was a week ago. So it's it's my brain is trying to play catch up. Yeah. So uh, but this drink based because what we're talking about is the Addams Family and Addams Family Values, two of both Ben and I's favorite movies of all time, uh, especially when it comes to Halloween and kind of Christmas. And we'll talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But I can also say, though, this drink was probably one of the best. So Uh, good. This drink is called Wake the Dead. Uh, and what we're going to use to make this drink is you're going to need only a handful of things, but those things are really specific. So you want unsweetened cold brew coffee. Uh, you'll use about three ounces of that. Then you'll be moving on to using some rum chata. Uh, there's multiple brands of rum chata, but just, again, a standard rum chata. Uh, you're going to use one ounce of rum chata, then take some rye whiskey, one ounce of rye whiskey, and then a half an ounce of, of maple syrup and make sure it's actual maple syrup, not like a Mrs. Butterworth's or something. that has got this butter flavor additive, actual real maple syrup, preferably if it's cinnamon or vanilla flavored, uh, and a bonus. If it is both, uh, like the one we use in making the drink. Uh, so like I said, you just kind of throw them all together into your, uh, tra- uh traditional shaker. Uh, again, your three ounces of coffee, one ounce rum, chata, one ounce, rye half ounce of maple syrup. Give it a good hard shake, uh, with, with, plenty of ice and then you have an amazing kind of like after dinner cocktail that's awesome for just uh give you a little bit of a boost of some caffeine but uh it's a really nice buttery tasty flavor that goes down a little too easy (laughs) so
1: so much so that uh yeah i've we've mentioned on another podcast that not only did we drink it as you made them but we we we've had them again since
0: Yes, uh, several times now. I, I've done it with board gaming. I've done it with uh, when we were recording Caffeine Cruise uh, Halloween episode. All of those things, uh, because that drink, it, it, I just I, I can't stop drinking it. It's super good. It's really really good. Yeah, one of those ones that you know through this through this adventure of these nine chapters, we've constantly had new drinks that we were like, this is the best one. Now it's this one. Now it's this one. Uh, so it, I, I'm really happy to see that everybody's had such great reactions to the ones that have been made so far. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, you know, there's been a lot of drinks, uh, you know, throughout the course of this, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, it's, it's rightfully good that we kind of saved this one to the end because it turned out to be one of my favorites as well. So it's, it's rather tasty. I'm I'm not (laughs) even a big whiskey drink person, but it was, it was especially rye whiskey, but it was, it was really
0: good. It's tasty. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. So, uh, so was that? Did that end up being your absolute favorite by the end?
1: It's, it's in my top two.
0: Um, I, I've, I've, well, actually, you know what? Here, here's a good question for you. Before we get into this, because this is our final, final chapter, I figure this gives us a good time to talk a little bit about what's come before this, what's t- to come, and then we can get into, uh, the final pieces. since It's just you and I, so. Um, yeah uh so what, what would you say are your top three drinks from this season
1: oh man you made out of top three um
0: yeah <laughs> and you know
1: what uh, they're actually more recent ones um I'm my top three in no particular order obviously wake the dead is in my top three um the uh the the god uh, Winifred sanderson which was the apple drink um i really really liked and you know what I'd really liked the oogie boogie rum punch. I,
0: yeah, I thought that was a... tasty too. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna say probably for me, it's, it's gonna be the oogie boogie, uh, which, I, again, that was, that was a tricky one to make. It was, it was a lot more involved. It, it took a lot of mentally, mental gymnastics of thinking of another drink that I had. I even mentioned that in when we do that video of a, a drink I used to have in, I, I've had it in New Orleans a couple times now um and they just don't give you those recipes so it was trying to kind of recreate it and kind of making our own twist on it and i think it turned out fantastic and especially with absinthe a lot of people are kind of like whoa <laughs> that's uh that's a pungent taste yeah but it works it works incredibly well but i would say that's definitely my top three uh the van tassel and i'm, I'm gonna say wake the dead was in there too uh for my top three yeah so but yeah, I, I'm really happy to see that so many people enjoyed so much of what we what we offered them this year. So um, now, I guess before we get to the final two films that we're going to talk about, um, you know, we, we're now talking about 18 films in total during the course of this this book. Um, going back, what was one of your favorites to to re- to revisit? Um, one that you forgot about a little bit more than the others?
1: You know. It... I've loved having guests on, but I really enjoyed going back and talking about Young Frankenstein again because that was one, that was a movie that I, I haven't watched in a while and I really enjoyed going back to. And that was just, that was a lot of fun. I also really liked the episode, the chapter, um, The Tale of Jack, where we got to talk about both Goosebumps and A House with the Clock in its Walls because those were two movies that... I sort of looked at as guilty pleasures. Like I didn't know how many other movie, how many other people would really enjoy those movies, but finding a common ground in not just me and you, but also Damon and Liz, who were our guests in that episode in knowing that all four of us, they were guilty pleasures for all of us. And we all really enjoyed those
0: movies. Yeah. Which was great. It was really cool. And like I said, it was really funny that it was never intended for them to be on more than two episodes. And they ended up being on a third of the yeah. show. <laughs> it's, uh, but like they they brought so much fun to to doing this, and it's it's their it was Liz's first foray into podcasting. Uh, Damon wanting to get into it and do more, and it was really great having them aboard for that. But you're right; th- those those were really fun ones. But for me, actually, it was it was going back to probably uh, watching Casper again. That's
1: a fun one too. It's yeah. been. S-
0: it was such a long time since I've seen that movie, which was a blast, and one the other one too for me was Legend. It, 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 even though we were very split on that one on that cast, but um, I forgot how much I thoroughly enjoyed that movie and how creepy that movie still kind of remains to be. Um, but yeah, I was I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I think there was there was only one thing that for me that I did not um, give a trick or give a treat to um, that this entire season. So it was kind of it was kind of nice going back and seeing so many of these now next year by on the other hand we'll probably have quite a few uh that'll show up as as tricks versus tricks. yeah
1: yeah exactly um i mean and on that note since we're kind of reflecting do we kind of want to give a little bit of advanced review of uh, advanced viewers to a couple episodes we have planned for next season because like i said you know like we said at the top we kind of i think we have eight out of the nine planned already
0: yeah yeah we're 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 getting there we're, we're definitely getting there and some of this we might tweak and kind of get in place we don't have you know chapter names or anything yeah like that or drinks created, created. Or like that. yeah right but i mean like i know like in, in no particular order and how they're going to show up we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff i mean i know we're going to be going and doing uh definitely something that's going to be scoopy-doo oriented at, at some, certain points whether that be an animated specials here or there or like the the live action films uh like i said that's there's a good mixture of what that could potentially be maybe it's one in one um we know Coraline is going to be coming into the mix as well i mean the list just goes on and on i know we're talking about doing what i think little monsters is going to be in little there. monsters uh, a... uh,
1: beetlejuice edward scissorhands right yeah and i think i think we're doing a musical uh, not as if we're, we we're not singing, but the two movies that we're doing
0: right. are musicals. We're doing a musical chapter that's Little Shop of Horrors and Sweeney Todd. Now, we do know, again, some of the movies that we're going to be talking about next year are going to be a little bit more PG-13. Uh, we, we 100% know that. And we'll put a little disclaimer in the beginning of those episodes. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, like I said, we are, we're we're going to stay far away from R-rated things because, again, unfortunately, there's only so many pg halloween films that we knew we were going to have to branch out if the show continued um that but we will never go above that pg-13 rating so that way it can be still relatively family yeah friendly. exactly uh and that's that still will be our continued goal uh throughout all of this uh but yeah you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to book two uh of of this this podcast next year so uh, yeah, and I'm excited to, to do that with you, and hopefully have a couple of these people coming back. We're already talking about wanting to start uh, recording come June, uh, so it won't be long before we get back into the swing of the yeah,
1: show. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we know like a lot of TV shows that do Christmas episodes, they film those Christmas episodes in like June or July. So we're taking the same effort, and I know – I think we had even talked about starting as early as like April, May. Uh, f-
0: and we some may. Of the we, yeah. That may be the case.
1: So. Where yeah. it, it's gonna be one of those situations where we're gonna have everything recorded and edited before the first episode even drops. Like it's gonna the whole season's gonna be done and in the can before it even debuts. So
0: And and the last piece too is this uh we did I know Ben did mention this last week. Uh the videos for all the drinks will be um on YouTube as well. Um uh, so right now it is just getting through the the last couple of things that need to be done, but those will all have a permanent home on the next level page yep. on YouTube. Absolutely. So.
1: Uh, So do we do we want to get into this chapter?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's what I'm going to have you kick us off back going into 1991 with Adam's family. Yeah, like director Barry Sonnenfeld.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, we're talking about the Adam's family for for both films, Adam's family and Adam's family values, two movies that were released relatively close to one another. They only gave us about two years before finally giving us a sequel to the adams family and almost to the day i mean november 22nd 1991 the adams family had released uh an adams family values november 19th in 93. so just like two days short of two years which you know november a good time to do it, it you know post halloween but You know, still, it's November is a great time for new movie releases. And the movies did very, very well in theaters. Uh, So much so that we, again, we still love them to this day.
0: And what's interesting, too, about these films is you would think, oh, Halloween. Nope. Adam's Family One, Christmas movie. Adam's Family Values, Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, (laughs) so
1: (laughs) exactly. Yeah. You would think they would fall into that Halloween moniker. Which they kind of do. I mean, it's it's not anything to say that they don't. Um, but you're right. There are absolutely other holidays that are included in with those, you know, with everything that's going on. Uh, you know, it, as you mentioned, Christmas is, is a part of Adam's family. Adam's family values not only, um, you know, Thanksgiving, but it's confusing to me a little bit that there's a summer camp right before Thanksgiving. But again, it's something to overlook. It
0: has. N- well, it, 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 it is a summer thing, but they just do a show, the play on that. But so it kind of ties into all that. Granted, though, too, at the end of Adam's Family 1, we do have a Halloween scene, though, too. So, it's okay. yeah, we
1: do. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you talk about not only fun, uh, comedic. Uh, movies based on a beloved television series, but I mean, you look at the cast of, you know, the people that are in this movie, uh, for the most part, almost the entire cast is in both films, you know, from Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, um, uh, Christina Ricci, Jimmy Workman. And uh, this is the third movie that we're talking about with Christina Ricci. Two.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say jokingly that this title is actually still afraid of Christina Ricci. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but the only person that really was different between the two movies was uh, was Granny Adams, uh, but being played by the delightful Carol Kane in Adams Family Values. So, right. Uh, but I mean, even the supporting cast. I mean, you have Dan Hedaya uh, for, that people know from.
0: Uh, I and mean, he's such a great character actor to begin uh, with yeah
1: um i i can't remember um uh dana ivy i believe is the actress's yeah. name that, that played margaret uh we see her, yeah that's yep you know we see her reprise her role in in the sequel as well uh but i mean in addition i guess we're kind of probably going to talk about these movies together um Rather than separately, but even if not, you know. Well,
0: I mean, I mean, we're, we'll still talk about them on their own, like one film at a time, because we're still going to rate them as, as such yeah, and as normally. Um, but I mean, so.
1: you know, uh, Joan Cusack as Debbie in *Out of Values*. Like, man, like what a god, a fantastic addition to to everything that was happening and what was going on with those films.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, both of these movies are just so incredibly like this quotable. And then Peter McNichol too is just a blast. <laughs> Christina uh, Baronsky is too is just is awesome in Adam's Family Values. Like the cast in both of these films are just absolutely perfect. Um, like I like I, there is not any type of incorrect casting from start to finish on either of these films, and that's rare to have a, a cast that's those perfect and those spot on. The last time I felt this good about a cast was probably Clue. Where yeah. there's not a weak, not a weak link among anybody that's involved, which uh, which is rare. It's incredibly, incredibly rare. Well, you can't look at anybody and be like, ah, that person shouldn't have been this. This character wouldn't have. This person been that much better. You never think that about either of these films. Yeah. So, uh,
1: you know, I mean, in addition to you know being a, a take on a television series, and we talk about the cast and we talk about the moments and everything, there are still. Quotable lines that come from both films, um, not just from the Adams, but from you know, you would think a lot of these quotable lines that come from these characters would come from Morticia and Gomez, but two lines in particular that that, that stick out to me come from Wednesday, of all people, you know, um, and we and there's actually another actress that's actually in both films but plays two completely different roles. In both, and that's Mercedes McNabb.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, you know, Buffy and Angel alum, Mercedes McNabb. Yeah,
1: Uh, but I mean, she plays um, the Girl Scout in the first one, uh, which is actually one of my favorite quotable lines from the movie. Uh, You know, are they made from real Girl Scouts?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then she plays a bigger role in Adam's Family Values uh, as Amanda.
0: Well, I've always viewed it as that's the same character because it's the same town so it would make sense that that's the same person.
1: Yeah, and she's so. never named in the first one so yeah, I guess it could be the same it could be the same character.
0: Oh yeah, I mean I would absolutely assume that's she's just the popular girl in their town. And we're just getting a glimpse at her early early on that she's just a bit part and then they're like, "You know what? Let's bring Mercedes back for something more substantial." And my guess is that's purely just the way that it fell. And you know, like I said, I don't think there's any yeah, because they just have her listed as Girl Scout and even um, you know, the credits and IMDB. Yeah but yeah, they, they do make her something more legit. It doesn't make sense for them to for them to make it as somebody else. But uh so let's look and focus more on Adam's Family One then here. So with okay. this, this this film, obviously what's you know, we have our main plot of Fester kind of being missing uh for many, many years where like I said, they don't really he does he's never really been around uh, and then we see this this weird kind of twisted story of, you know, him coming back playing this, uh, this other character, Gordon, uh, that's, you know, that's, well, we do find out later, very much so. And it's relatively clear cut that, yes, this is indeed Fester. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, the whole Bermuda Triangle uh, amnesia angle is played throughout the film. But, you know, one of the things that's so much fun is just how ridiculous the you know the abigail craven character is Um, (laughs) yeah dr (laughs) pinderschloss because she's so over the top in like all the best stupid ways um but i love the fact that when she's saying things and then you even have like margaret which is tully's wife and you know uh kind of making the the comment is like this is preposterous and they're like yes it is and they're like just eating up this like the atoms are just not they're not dumb but they play up this naivety like so incredibly well that like they're so excited about all of these things, but because of the weird kookiness of everything that's happening in their everyday, it feels so commonplace and normal that they're like, "Of course, this makes sense." And I love that about their the way that they portray these characters. Yeah, I mean,
1: you look at you know you look at these characters as a whole. It doesn't matter whether it's the movies or the television series, because I'll be completely honest, I think. I'm pretty actually I, I'm not I don't have to think about it. I know for a fact that the Adams Family film from 1991, which is what we're discussing. That was my first foray into the Adams Family. Um, you know, I knew it was based on a television series, but I had never seen the series before I saw the movie. So this was my first introduction into these characters. And even still to this day, I've maybe only seen two or three episodes of the actual original series. It's it's something I want to rectify for sure. Um,
0: I mean, I, I I do recall the original Adam's family beforehand from watching like things like Nick at Night and things like that, where we or weird random reruns like at a, at a weird point in time in the day where you know somebody in my family would be watching it, like my mom or dad, mm-hmm. and it would I would always kind of be intriguing uh but i never enough that i watched a lot of it or like grew accustomed to it but you're right this this version was a real true introduction to these characters and i fell in love with them even when they did like the new adams family that was in color that was another you know it was like a wb or something like that afternoon show that we got for a little while that was very slapsticky and over the top um it was enjoyable still because i started really loving these characters as a whole we, you know we've had we're, we live in a world where we've had I think like four or five people now play mortician Gomez um including you know the brand new animated film that's out there that's really close to Charles Adams original designs for the characters and we were kind of hoping to be able to talk about that but unfortunately just time time permitting did not work out yeah but um you know it was but I mean I still think to this day that the cast from the Barry Sun film films, are the best examples of these characters that we will probably ever get.
1: I agree with that. I, I think, um, you know, it's one of the things that I've made mention of before, not on this podcast, but just in, in passing and in personal, you know, that we've gotten, um, you know, John Aston was the original person to portray John uh, Gomez Adams on, on the screen and uh, the television version. And it's rather unfortunate that Raul Julia, which is the version that we know and love from the films, uh, has passed. And you know John Austin. John Austin is actually still alive. The original Gomez is still alive, but this version, um, you know, that we know has unfortunately passed on. Um, you know, so we'll never see a, a revisit of these characters portraying it, because uh, it would have been interesting. Because we know Angelica Houston is still acting, um, you know, Christina Ricci is still acting. It, it would have been very interesting to see at some point a revisit of these characters.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I, I it sounds like a sequel to the animated has already been greenlit. Um, apparently it did incredibly well. A lot of people thoroughly enjoyed it and what they actually did uh, with the film. So, which is good. Great to hear. I know so many people would still love to see a new Adams Family movie that's – even if it's a reboot, but, like, that's honestly a continuation of – with some of the people that were still around from this version. Um, yeah. And I know so many people have called for Christina Ricci to be the new Morticia. Would have been fantastic, too. And that would have Ooh, been amazing. That would that have been would amazing. would be amazing. It would be amazing. She actually did something – I think it was, like, Vanity Fair or, like, G – like – another like major like publication a couple years ago where she actually was in the morticia outfit um you know for like a, a photo shoot or something like that they did for i think like an anniversary of the film um but it, it's like when you see it you're like that's such an awesome idea i would love to see that uh but you know what it's even we've seen these characters kind of continue on though in other ways not just in these other films but like there's the adam's family musical which i've Actually gotten to see an off-Broadway version of, which was incredibly fun and goofy and over-the-top and silly. Uh, but there's so many things to help celebrate them between going back and picking up books of the old comic strips, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about the original film, is there – what was your favorite – I got to just – moment that made you double have a double take the first time you saw this. Do you remember?
1: As a double take as in like, I can't believe I'm seeing this on screen, or as yeah, in like just of what, one of my favorite moments from the
0: movie. Kind of kind of a mixture of both. Like I would say favorite scene, but something like, wait, did that just happen? <laughs> kind of one of those moments. Uh,
1: you know what? I, I have to say, like when it comes to these movies, I think the moment that's still like the the moment that made me realize I'm in for a treat watching this, um, is the opening. Um, You know, it opens with the Christmas carolers singing outside of their, you know, outside of the house. And at this point, again, this was my first foray into the Adams. I really didn't know what to expect, uh, you know, from them. I was familiar with the characters, but had never seen them before. So the whole opening with the carolers singing outside of the mansion, uh, outside of the house, and then the camera slowly panning up to this group of characters getting ready to not getting ready to starting to pour hot oil on car on carolers i'm like okay i don't know what to expect but i'm already loving this <laughs> like this is i'm in i'm already in at this point so i mean as far as like moments stick out in my head is in like oh my god i can't believe i'm seeing this uh, from the very beginning the opening is it that's what grabbed me
0: uh, you know what that's a great place to put it uh is that sequence it, you're right it does set up expectations you're like yeah oh they all bets are off <laughs>
1: exactly uh,
0: for me my favorite scene though still is is Wednesday and Pugsley you know and, and the, the the school play uh when oh god yes when they're we're, when they're doing the Shakespeare you know sequence I, to this day it a is hit still a very <laughs> powerful hit <laughs> but it's it, it's one of those moments that just makes me smile regardless of how old I get you know, uh, I was the perfect age for when this movie first came out back in 1991. I was only 10 years old and it played great to a 10 year old, but it still plays it amazing to a 40 year, almost 40 year old. And yeah. that's that's that says something that they've just hit it right. But it's it's so incredibly, incredibly funny. And I love just watching, you know, all of, you know, the uh, this entire crowd just stunned and in shock covered in blood and then there's the atoms is getting up just the standing ovation and it's just it plays so amazing and to this day it is one of my favorite movie scenes of any movie scene ever um it, and i just adore it i absolutely adore it
1: yeah i mean if we talk about favorite scenes though from the movie i mean not just stuff that stands out um you know uh that that is a great scene in itself too is just watching that happen when she's when you know slits her throat and when Pugsley slits Wednesday's throat and everything. It's, it's so great. And just the blood spurting everywhere. Um, but another scene in that movie that really sticks out to me is the mamushka.
0: Oh yeah. That, it's, it, it's, it's such a wonderful sequence. I love it. I too. sing
1: along with it while yeah. I'm watching it because it's just good fun in seeing all these quirky elements of, you know, th- this family coming together from like this, this great cast of characters in the background that are all possibly related. They're all part of the family. Um, seeing the singing chops from Raul Julia and the dancing chops of Raul Julia. It's just a fun scene altogether. Again, one that I sing along with and not only that, but a key moment in the movie where we we're finally starting to see a come around from, from Fester. So yeah, that, that to me, that's another scene in that movie that just really, really sticks out to me. And it is is always in the forefront of my memory.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. It's just incredible and wonderful. And it's, you know, it reminds me of there was an old. I think it was like a, it was like Cinemax or HBO, and they used to do these little things called the scenes we love, and I remember both of them being in those those reels. In addition <laughs> to one, we'll definitely talk about when we get to Adam's family values. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I you're right though. They they are truly truly it's just exceptional sequences. But yeah, I, it's it's just so much uh, so much fun.
1: Yeah. Um, One of the things I wanted to bring up, too, and I know uh, our friend Jada, who's been on the podcast, who's, you know, been on a previous episode or tale earlier. um, It's something I've seen her very heavy, very heavily lean into. And I agree with her completely is when you look at these characters um, as weird and as kooky as they are and as dark as they can be, when you look at them in a realistic light, they really are a great portrayal of a loving marriage and a loving family. Sure, they have their own ways of doing it, but there's a complete, there's a complete trust between all of them. Uh, They're very affectionate with one another. They're romantic with one another. Um, You know, they stand behind one another. Again, they have their own quirky way of doing things, but this is a great, I think one of the reasons why so many people are drawn to these characters, even in their darker state is because at the core of them, they're still a great
0: family. Oh yeah, it's it's again relationship life goals. You know, yeah, is, exactly. As Gomez and Morticia, as 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 Jada would would nicely put it. Yeah. So, um, and I agree with her. I, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent true. I agree with exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah, they're 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 just exceptionally well crafted characters. And you're right. It's we especially in, in today's day and age, it, it's amazing to be able to see people that are. Again, that open, honest, and trusting, and then just affectionate and caring and all these little pieces. Again, in the weirdest way is possible, but in also yeah. the best way, the yeah. best way is possible though, too. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up with Adam's family, and I know it carries over in Adam's family values, but it, we'll focus on it more on just Adam's family. It's uh, and, and something for fun. Bef- before we started recording, I played a piece and you were just kind of like, uh, um, uh, MC Hammer doing the soundtrack to um, or not, not doing the soundtrack, but basically doing the lead song uh, from the movie. And I think he does one for Adam's family values as well. I think they bring him back to do that. Um, but Adam's groove, uh, you and I stand very differently on that song, um, as in I know you can't stand it. Uh, and ah. and I, to this day, still remember every word from that song. The whole, you know, they do what they want to do. Say what I remember all of it because. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I mean, own that. It well, I owned that cassette tape of MC Hammer with that song on it.
0: Uh, what it what it truly is for me is it is it is nostalgia for, and that's purely all it is. If you can remove nostalgia from it, it is absolute <laughs> garbage. <laughs> that's all. What it, what it unfortunately is just the the truth of it is. This is an era of pop culture where um, rap is in, in is in everything because it's 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 hip. It's what's taking over. Yeah. It's all these little things. Like you can look up pretty much just 1990s and then um, you know commercial rap and probably come up on YouTube like 600 hits of all of these like over the top ridiculous like sad attempts of, of these things that are infesting things that it shouldn't uh, because it's just weird and it doesn't have a place there. But, like, you you see a lot of that. Like, even, like, you look at, like, Batman Returns, like, you know, Alfred scratching, you know, in the Batcave. <laughs> like, things like that are just – they. They make me sad. (laughs) That's all they do. Yeah, I mean, they make me sad. You're
1: looking at a time and remembering a time where not only you know did people like you know was their rap included in soundtracks of movies like this, but in return, when they filmed the music videos, they got the cast to come over and be a part of the video. You, You, if you look at the video for Adam's Groove, everybody from Adam's family is in the video.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know what, like I said, that stuff is great. I love when you get to things like that. Like, you know, like Goonies is one of my other favorite ones like that too. Go- Goonies are good enough with Cindy Lopper, Like you have the entire, you have all the kids there together too. When they get a chance to do those things, they always have a tendency to be fun again. And th- what my statement is, is nothing against hip hop rap, anything like that. There's a lot of amazing hip hop and rap out there that I think is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, my problem was the early '90s of it all, where I'm like, you can like, no lie, look up Monster App from Elvira. Okay, that's that was what was wrong with that era. That's, <laughs> like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not good, but it's a guilty pleasure. But like I said, it's that's why I'm saying is nowadays going back to that stuff, it's really painful. The same way that it is like going back to a 1980s cartoon that you remember loving as a child. And Then you go back now, and you're like, "Oh God, this is this is a train wreck, and it's there's nothing good about this. There's nothing redeeming about this. It's just bad. It's just really bad." And you, then you just all of a sudden just be like, "I feel really bad for my parents of having to like <laughs> deal with the fact that this was maybe the thing that I watched or listened to." every day at least six or seven times for several years and i'm like yeah and you exactly. wonder why your parents sometimes got a little bit angry or frustrated <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's really why is because of the the times that we were in absolutely uh and the way that that you know consumer culture kind of really was you see it in invest things like the adam family like this in that that same way the rest of the music for the film is hauntingly gorgeous uh like all the score work i you know it's funny i don't know if you're the same same as me but going back to a lot of these films that's one of the things that's popped out to me a lot was like the scores that i forgot about and i'm like well, man and some yeah, of these are beautifully beautifully written so
1: yeah and i'm a huge fan of movie scores i still to this day will listen to a good movie score um so yeah so i agree with you completely that the score itself um is is fantastic and uh, i think um Um, Mark Shaman, I think was the, the one that did the music for, uh, for Adam's family. I'm not sure who did it for, for Adam's family values, but you know, um, he, I, I think I can't remember what other movies he's done. He's not as well known, um, you know, as some other composers out there, but he's, you know, still, it's great music for, for the, um, for the movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so I guess maybe we should just—it's time to give this one a rating. So,
1: well, before we do that, the other—the only other thing I want to oh, mention, yeah. and this kind of ties into to both films again too—is um, when you look at the director and you look at Barry Sonnenfeld um, and you look at some of his other projects that he's done, you know, from the Men in Black movies to Wild Wild West, um, uh, series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Uh, this definitely fits in to his genre. Um, you know, and his, the, his style of directing, um, that's really all I have to say about it is like, when you look at the people you could have gotten to direct this movie, I think Barry Suttenfeld was a good fit. I think he's part of the, he's part of the success of why these
0: movies are as popular as they are. It was a perfect choice. It was an absolutely perfect choice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, obviously, if you're this is the very first episode, which I, I'm sorry if this is the very first one that you're listening to, go back,
1: go back and listen to the other one.
0: Yeah, it's we're not asking a lot of you, <laughs> just nine, maybe no. ten hours of your life total. Hey, yeah. Um, but we rate everything is you know, a almost kind of like a simple thumbs up, thumbs down. But because this is a Halloween esque show, we talk trick or treat. Obviously, trick being bad, treat being great. So, Ben, how would you rate Adam's Family from
1: 1991? It is 100% an absolute treat. It is a movie I've rewatched over the past couple weeks. Uh, I will most likely watch it again, probably between now and um, well, you're hearing this on Halloween or later. Uh, So by the time you're hearing this, I might have already rewatched it because it's just that much fun. And not only that, but... Not only is it a movie that has tones of Halloween, has tones of Christmas, but it's one of those movies that's so well done and so fun, I can watch it any time of the year. And that, to me, is a mark of a great great movie.
0: I agree. Um, I'm right there with you. This definitely gets a treat. This is, to this day, one of my favorite films of all time. And let alone, again, whether it be a Halloween movie, a Christmas movie, a Thanksgiving movie, whatever the hell you want. Uh, a, a sad, sad Wednesday night in a movie, whatever you need, <laughs> this is one of those films that will always pick you up, always make you laugh and never ceases to not be funny. It's kind of like you know, we mentioned Clue um, pretty, pretty uh, periodically through this episode, uh, which is probably something that'll be appearing next year because it's another great, great kind of Halloween-esque film. But uh, it's one of those few films that is just lasting. It, it, it functions incredibly, incredibly well. It doesn't really overly date itself. There's only a couple small sequences in the entire film that even give you an, an semblance of when it actually is meant to take place. But it does hold up incredibly well because of how over the top it is and how willing they are to stretch boundaries and, and do new things and different things. But it's 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 such a great, great film. And even like where some of the effects work looks a little silly and cheesy, it's really easy to overlook because it's just again, it it, it is a classic. It is just a classic at this point.
1: Yep. So agree. 100% agree.
0: All right. Why don't we fast forward time two years into the future and go into 1993 for Adam's Family Values? Ben, I'll kick it over to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it's a great follow up. You know, when it comes to comedies, a lot of times sequels do not hold up. I mean, you look at sh- films like, um, you know, Ace Ventura when nature calls, which is just, it's not a great sequel. In my, I know uh, people love it. I just. Jeff- just a quick quick note,
0: neither of those movies is a good movie, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I,
1: I like the first Ace Ventura. I, I was a fan of the first Ace Ventura. So, I mean, hey, fair enough if you didn't like either one.
0: Oh, no, uh, I, I, Ace... I used to. Going back now, out, outside of a, the, that prepubescent uh, early teen tween years. <laughs> ah uh they 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 don't hold up too well (laughs) all right
1: fair enough um but i mean at least we can both agree that ace ventura when nature calls is just a horrible movie absolutely Um, (laughs) you know so so when you when you look at sequels for comedies very rarely do they hold up to the original i mean even like anchorman which i love um the sequel not as good good not as good as the original um Adam's family values is one of those ones where I think maybe there are moments it's lacking. I think I would put almost right up there with the original. Um, You know, not only does it bring back all these characters that we love without really changing much of any of them, uh, we get introduced to a slew of new characters. And I'm not just talking about the main ones like Debbie Jelinski and, you know, Gary and Becky Martin Granger. Um, We get a it, it, we get an expansion of the Adams family themselves. Uh, you know, we meet and and characters from the TV series. You know, we get dementia, uh, or dementia. We get flora and fauna. There's just
0: new- well, flora and fauna shows up in the showed up in the first film,
1: but not until the end, though.
0: I don't think we get. No, they were the Mamushka scene. That was like a big setup between the rivalry between Gomez. That's,
1: and that's right. And then we see them again yeah. um, in this one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we get new additions to everything. Uh, not only new additions to uh, introductions to new characters, but a completely new Adams.
0: Yeah. And pubert, pubert
1: <laughs> which is what a, what a perfect name for an Adams baby.
0: And and I love when like the whole thing is starting off is like we wanted a name that they could live with. So what are you calling him? Pubert.
1: And, <laughs> and in that scene itself, the excitement on Gomez's face because he's smoking a cigar in that scene, and he's and the, it, just the whole removes the cigar, pubert, and then puts the cigar back. Like the excitement on his face that his son's name is pubert. It's yeah. <laughs>
0: It's so honestly, well done. So, so many great lines. It's like, oh, he has your father's eyes. Gomez, get, get out those of your, out of his uh, mouth. Get them out like, of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's,
1: it's such a great follow-up and continuation while, again, some people might not feel it's as good as the original. Um, and again, I feel that there might, maybe there were some moments that were lacking because the, the original had such a um, catching magic in a bottle, lightning in a bottle aspect to it when it came to producing this television series to film. But I mean, to me, Adam's Family of values it holds up just as well as the original. It really and, does, and and is almost just as good.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like I said, and there's there's a line that I, a friend of mine in the past, you me I mean him used to kick back and forth. Whenever there was a lull in conversation, and it's from this film, it is officer, I need you to arrest someone. Who? <laughs> Debbie, my brother's wife, the temptress of Waikiki. You like know, right? and then it's just Nathan <laughs> Lane, like, who are you? What are you? Who moved yeah. the rock? And it's 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 again, it's such a great small cameo, but that was like that was how we like when how we filled lulls in conversation was that entire exchange back and forth, and people just knew us from doing that over and over because it just became this weird tick that we did but like there's so many amazing lines from the first movie and to the second one but you're you're right though like all the new additions and especially joan cusack in this film oh god so good such an amazingly wonderful evil villain that is perfect because that's the one thing i think the first film kind of lacks a little bit is like you know um you know miss craven's kind of a she's an okay character i mean she's she's probably the thinnest part of that film and it's not saying that's a big thing or a bad thing um but like then you get to the second film and debbie is such a perfect like evil person that and it's funny too because she's evil in kind of the same way that the adams family is
1: i was just gonna say she she is a villain on the level of an adams
0: yeah, and it's funny because in any other world, and they were like, oh, we're going to be sad to see her go. You know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like. She was a
1: character that was so well done that had she not been a villain of the Adams, she would have fit in with the Adams perfectly.
0: Right, and it's really funny because you see somebody like the first film, like you have Margaret, Tully's wife, who is so sweet and normal, and then become just a normal part of the Adams clan by the yeah. end. and it's, But she still is this adorably sickly sweet. And then Debbie is this this perfect over the top. But the funny thing is the through line between both of these films is is Fester. It's Fester, a- yeah. A, and, and because he is such a great focal point, um, because he's such a different, weird, unique character that it does play in really just amusing little ways. Uh, but his relationship with back and forth between him and, um, you know, him him and Jonah Cusack's character with Debbie is so incredibly funny. I love Uh, watching everything play between the two of them.
1: All the times that she attempts to murder him and (laughs) and he survives, like dropping the radio into the tub. And when the dust settles, he's just got a light bulb in his mouth that's lit up Mm -hmm. Um, when she blows up the house and he just walks out with a perfectly cooked turkey. It's like they're so well done, Um, you know, and I love the fact that by the end of the movie, it's pubert that saves the day. You know, like what a great way to fully induct him into the into the family. Uh, you yeah. know, in that like by the end, he's the, he's the one that takes out Debbie, and it's fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and it's it's again, it's incredibly thoroughly enjoyable, and it's it's, and I love too that like you even have like these other characters like Joe, uh, who is the love interest for Wednesday at the camp. You know, as they're trying to figure out who Debbie is, because, you know, Wednesday is the only one that believes something's truly wrong. Again, just like the first film. Uh, they're taking a lot of the same kind of elements um from the first film and in carrying into the second, and the way that things are structured and functioning. Uh, all these little pieces kind of moving. And, you know, I love that it's Joe and Wednesday kind of like looking at serial killer st- uh, trading cards to figure out her identity. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, I love the fact that Job is just as equally as warped, but in a completely different way. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch on how that plays up. Um, but we talk about other like favorite scenes from the first film. And then the second one, I feel like there's a ton of other amazing, uh, amazing ones here too. One of the best ones is definitely while they're at the camp. Like I said, there's the, the there's the end of the sequence of the camp yeah. is obviously the big one we'll get to, but, um, that small one of when they first get caught doing something and they kind of get put in a happy hut and <laughs> it's, and they're forced to watch Disney movies and it's just that sequence of like, why you can't do this. And they're looking at books. He's like, he's only a child, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um And, but it's that great sequence of when they come back and then free them all from the, uh, uh, you know, the happy hut. And all of a sudden it's this Wednesday ha- putting that terrifying smile. She's her
1: scaring face. me. well i mean you know not only that but you know we talk about great scenes from the sequel as well but again just like the first one there's so many great quotable um quotable lines and lines and and scenes that are delivered so subtly uh, but perfectly in the style of adams that you just you kind of do a double take and you're like holy crap that's funny and it really shouldn't be Um, you know, when it comes to, like I said, with quotable lines, one that always sticks out into my head is the first meeting of Wednesday and and Amanda. Um, you know, when, um, when Amanda says like, why are you dressed like somebody died? And Wednesday's wait, wait, you know, (laughs) but you know, when it talks to fate, when it comes to favorite scenes, like one of my favorite scenes, and again, this is one of those ones where you laugh at it because it's funny and it really shouldn't be is when they're throwing the bachelor party for Fester. And Lurch brings out the cake, and it's supposed to be a stripper inside the cake. And Gomez is like, "Oh, Lurch, was oh, she in that, there before you baked?"
0: I was like, "It's like that poor girl. Was she, <laughs> Lurch, was she in there before you uh, baked?" Say la vie, say la vie. <laughs> <It's> so good.
1: <laughs> it, like again, scenes that shouldn't be funny but totally <laughs> are. And that it's perfectly Adam style, and I love it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's it's wonderful. All right, we got to get to that scene because I know you and I both want to talk about it. So the actual Thanksgiving play yep. is is truly just again when we say some of the best film uh, filmed scenes ever. Just all of the reject children at the camp just decimating and basically without them showing death hunting and killing <laughs> the popular kids. Is to this day is just just fantastic and just you you know having again you know Gary and uh, and Becky Martin Granger just like being roasted on a spit the whole nine like they just go so far into left field in that sequence but it plays again just brilliantly it is such a funny scene and
1: and I think on top of that too when we talk about that scene there's so much stuff that plays out uh in that scene you know from Pilgrims being launched into the lake and everything. Uh, One of my favorite moments from that scene, and it it really speaks Adams, is, you know, after everything has happened and the dust has kind of settled and we kind of see the aftermath. We see Amanda tied to a pole with an apple in her mouth, you know, with Wednesday approaching her. And then we get that atypical Adam scene with her holding up a match, lighting the match and the theme the Adams family theme yeah. playing in the background. And it's like, yes, what a fantastic way to wrap up that scene.
0: Oh, I know. And it's perfect. And like I said, but yes, both films do have small little issues here and there, blah 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 blah. To this day though, they're both damn near perfect, awesome, over the top great comedies that are twisted and creepy in all the best ways.
1: We we have talked about a lot of movies over the course of this this podcast, over the course of this first book. Um no, no two movies. I, I I, and every time we've talked about different movies, there's always been a part of me that's like, yeah, I, I'd like to go back and rewatch this now after talking about them. Um, No two movies have more so spoken to me in that way than these two movies. Like we're talking about these movies now. I really absolutely when we're done want to watch them when we're done.
0: I uh, I, I didn't rewatch them in preparation for this because I, I know them inside and yeah. out. Like the fact that, like I said, you know, we were just kicking off lines like there was nothing to yeah. it. Like I, I know these films that incredibly well. I am going to be decorating my house because, again, this is the Sunday before Halloween. I'm going to decorate the house for Halloween today. Both of those films are going to be on in the background back in my yep. house while I'm doing that because it's it's such a perfect way to get in the spirit and i that's why we wanted to end with these films like we originally were thinking it was going to be adams family and the brand new animated one but then when we realized time was not going to permit like well why don't we just do adams family values and i was more excited about that because i'm still one of those things that i'm really worried about is going to see this new adams family film and i know i will eventually watch it absolutely because i love those characters so much but nothing's going to hold a candle to this and i don't want to be objectively looking at it for it being something that it's not supposed to be which is the sequel to one of these films it's hard to watch a reboot of something of something that you care a ton about it's never going to be the same so and it's not a reboot there's been so many interpretations of these characters over the years i mean there's the uh there's the third film in this series that no one really talks
1: about. <laughs> I mean, and and the rather unfortunate part about that, too, is there is a phenomenal actor playing Gomez Adams in that version. Right. And, 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 but people still refuse to talk about it.
0: Because it's not a good movie. It's one of those direct-to-DVD no. films. Like, yeah, you know, I think it's Daryl Hannah plays Morticia. We have Tim Curry playing Gomez. We have a brand-new Wednesday, a brand-new Pugsley, brand-new Fester, brand-new Grandmama. The only person that's back in the mix. Lurch. Lurch, Lurch and Thing are the only... T- only portrayed by the same two people that's yep. it um but it's and it, you want you wish there could have been a third film with this cast but again this was one of raw julia's last films and you know what man what what too great what of a great role to kind of end your career on kind of um, like
1: cement your career a little yeah. bit and it's, um, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. He's played some phenomenal characters, um, you know, right. in his in his day. Um, you know, even M Bison in Street Fighter is like, <laughs> yeah, like, come on, like that's still that's still a fun character. Um, but you're right. Like, uh, this was one of his final movies. What better way to cement your career than playing this iconic character? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I guess the only thing left to do, talking about this film, because we talked a lot about it in conjunction with the first film, is to give it our final rating for, for this book. Um, so again, trick or treat, Ben. Oh
1: God. Again, it's, it's, it's a treat. I mean, it's a, it's one of those movies that just in talking about it right now, I want to go back and rewatch. I want to watch them back and back, back to back. I did it a couple weeks ago. Um, even though I didn't need to again, like you, I've seen these movies so many times that I could very easily talk about them without watching. Um, but, Uh, I I, just like you having these movies on while you're decorating for Halloween. By the time you are hearing this podcast, I will have watched them both guaranteed. I will probably be watching them while I'm editing what you are listening to. Um, It's they're so wonderful of movies. Again, I feel like you're right. It would have been great to see a third edition to this uh, done properly, at least with these characters, but with what we've gotten out of these two movies, I'm utterly satisfied. And these are two movies that it doesn't matter how old I get. I will continue to go back and revisit. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I want to thank these two films too, for actually giving me my favorite pinball table of all time. Yay. <laughs> so because man, oh man, the Adams family pinball is just, just yeah. so good. <laughs> um. All right. Well, as for me again This is also a treat I can't give it anything but that um, You know I, I'm really I'm really really happy We got to talk about these two films to, to close out And I feel like it's It's the best way And it's It's gonna be two films That are gonna be really hard To top next year Because I would say Out of all the films We've talked about These are probably my favorite Out of this entire yeah. first book So um, But yeah I You know I, I guess I guess that's That's about it man well, I, I want to pose
1: a quick question to you. Um, sure. And this is something I'm kind of shooting off the cuff because we, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. but um, And this doesn't have anything to do with either two movies. So we've done our rankings and we're, we're done with it. Um, but if you could cast a new live action version of The Addams Family, because, uh, you know, we did talk about Christina Ricci possibly playing Morticia. Uh, any ideas in your head as to who you could cast to play these characters? Uh,
0: Yeah, um, actually... Uh, Oddly enough, the person that they have voicing Gomez, I think, yeah, was the I only agree with person that I would actually put in that uh, that role. And that's um, Oscar Isaacs. I mean, he, he would be such a perfect one. And yes, 100%, you know, Morticia would definitely, and no question about this at all, would definitely be playing our brand new, um, you know, or, bah, sorry, Christina Ricci would definitely be playing our brand new Morticia. Oddly enough, Fester, Josh Gad.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: I think Josh Gad could play that role in a really kind of fun way. That's uh, kind of a nice blend of the original Adams Family, like like you know, TV show with John Dustin. You know that it would kind of mesh into that role a little bit differently. Uh, You know, as far as all of our other major roles. Uh, this the same Lurch is still still with us. Uh, yeah, I, I, bring I, Carol
1: Strucken back and, yeah, and just play Lurch again.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think it's really hard to look at anybody on the side of the kids because again, child actors grow up so quickly that it's it, it would be it would be interesting to see who would be the best fit. Um I would actually probably look at you know, maybe a little bit of the casting of the, some of the kids from stranger things. And
1: I was just thinking that too, for, like, for Pugsley,
0: you could definitely, you, I think you could definitely see somebody like Millie Bobby Brown play a great, great Wednesday. Um, I think she could, because she plays 11. So straight that seeing her kind of get to play a little bit could be really fun. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, there's, there's so many, so many great people out there that could fit into those roles, but the, I at least know that those main, th- uh, main three between Fester, uh, Gomez and Morticia, I think that would be amazing.
1: I I actually really like the Josh Gad uh, yeah. casting of Fester. I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I I would I would love it. I think it would be amazing. So yep. All right, how about you?
1: Uh, no, I, I I kind of share a lot of your thoughts. I, I had Oscar Isaac in mind for for Gomez when I posed the question and you, you kind of ran right along with it. Uh, Christina Ricci, I, until you mentioned it earlier, I, I think that's perfect casting. And I honestly, I can't think of anybody better than Josh Gad for Fester. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be like a dream cast of this movie.
0: Oh, and Grandmama Maggie Smith.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, uh, Professor McGonagall. Yeah.
1: But yeah. 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 I was thinking of Magana, I was thinking of the name McGonagall and I couldn't think of it. So yeah, yeah,
0: you 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 just reminded me. Yeah, Maggie Smith I think would fit in really, really well. So
1: Maggie Smith would be fun. Yeah.
0: Um but cool. All right, man. Um well I guess it's time to get out of here and time to close the book on this first uh well close this first book. Uh pop it up in the shelf and we'll uh we'll 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 grab the uh grab the next one from the shelf next year and, and, and get through this. But yeah, I yeah. think uh, This was a this was a fun one.
1: This was a lot of fun. Um, You know, it's a great wrap to to book one of Still Afraid of the Dark. Um, You know, thank you to all the people that reached out and said you know they love the format and being able to listen with their kids and you know for for the great reviews for it. Um, I hate taking a break from it, but uh, you know it's going to be even better when we come back next year and. Like, we're already looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And a big special thanks to my wife, Kat, to Jada, to TJ, Aaron, Damon, Liz, Bill, and, of course, you, ben. Uh Like I said, it, that was, it was a great group of people to talk through all of this stuff with. Um, and a big, special, gigantic thanks to our good friends uh, at This Way to the Egress. Make sure to head over to their page. It's to that's E-G-R-E-S-S Make sure to check out their music, head over to their Patreon, support them any way you can. You get to hear their music at the beginning and end of every one of these episodes, uh, on every one of those drink videos. And like I said, I think they added so much to just the vibe of what we were doing here. And we can't wait for you guys to be back along the journey with us again next year so
1: yeah it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and i can't wait for it either and you know just as you thanked me special thanks to you as well this was something that you and i were you, we kind of threw out there uh months ago and we knew we really wanted to do and you know i'm extremely pleased with what we finally pulled together and you know, it, it worked, and I can't wait to do it again next year.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll end on this point, too, is if you enjoyed making any of those drinks, definitely regardless of what time of the year it is, whenever you find this podcast, hear this podcast, go ahead and send us a message over on Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash next level. Uh, and send us a message we would love to see any of those shots if you have your own halloween drinks that you really love send us a message i will give them a shot myself and maybe they'll appear next year on uh book two so we'll see and like i said we'll talk to you then
1: um real quick it's facebook.com slash the next level network
0: the next level network that's right sorry (laughs) that's Uh, all right
1: figured i'd I'd correct you before you 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 brought us out
0: yeah absolutely And I guess the last thing we can say is happy Halloween.